I'm sorry. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are. <laughs> that was um a little, I'm not sure what that was, a little ASMR movement, or well, kind of. That was just my fingernails tapping along my phone, I guess. But today, I'm going to be reading another five chapters of the original, well, The Adventures of Pinocchio. Where we left off is where Pinocchio was going to get thrown into a pit of fire by Fire Eater, the director of the whole wooden was Pinocchio doll anyway that's not really part of the story but that's just a question I was asking chapter 11 fire eater sneezes and forgives Pinocchio who saves his friend Harlequin from death in the theater, great excitement reigned. Fire Eater, this was really his name, was very ugly, but he was far from being as bad as he looked. Proof of this is that when he saw the poor marinette being brought in to him, struggling with fear and crying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, he felt sorry for him and began first to waver and then to weaken. Finally, he could control himself no longer and gave a loud sneeze. At that sneeze, Harlequin, who until then had been as sad as a weeping willow, smiled happily and leaned toward the marinette, whispered to him, Good news, brother mine. Fire Eater has sneezed, and this is a sign that he feels sorry for you. You are saved. For be it known that while other people, when sad and sorrowful, weep and wipe their eyes, Fire Eater, on the other hand, had the strange habit of sneezing. I'm so sorry. Sneezing each time he felt unhappy. The way was just as good as any other to show the kindness of his heart. After sneezing, Fire Eater, ugly as ever, cried to Pinocchio, Stop crying, your wills give me a funny feeling down here in my stomach and eat tichi, eat tichi. Two loud sneezes finished his speech. God bless you, said Pinocchio. Thanks, are your father and mother still living? demanded fire eater my father yes my mother i have never known you poor your poor father would suffer terribly if i were to use you as firewood poor old man i feel sorry for him three more sneezes sounded louder than ever god bless you said pinocchio Thanks. However, I ought to be sorry for myself, too, just now. 
My good dinner is spoiled. I have no more wood for the fire, and the lamp is only half cooked. Never mind. In your place, I'll burn some other marinade. Hey there, officers. At the call, two wooden officers appeared, long and thin as a yard of rope, with queer hats on their heads and swords in their hands. Fire Eater yelled at them in a hoarse voice. Take Harley Quinn, tie him, and throw him on the fire. I want my lamb well done. Think how poor Harley Quinn felt. He was so scared that his legs doubled up under him and he fell to the floor. Pinocchio, at that heartbreaking sight, threw himself at the feet of Fire Eater and, weeping bitterly, asked in a pitiful voice which could scarcely be heard, have pity, I beg of you, Signori. There are no Signori here. Have pity, kind sir. There are no sirs here. Have pity, Your Excellency. On hearing himself addressed as Your Excellency, the director of the Marinette Theater sat up very straight in his chair, stroked his long beard, and becoming suddenly kind and compassionate, smiled proudly as he said to Pinocchio, Well, what do you want from me now, Marinette? I beg for mercy for my poor friend Harlequin, who has never done the least harm in his life. There is no mercy here, Pinocchio. I have spared you. Harlequin must burn in your place. I am hungry and my dinner must be cooked. In that case, said Pinocchio proudly, as he stood up and flung away his cap of dough. In that case, my duty is clear. Come, officers, tie me up and throw me on those flames. No, it is not fair for poor Harlequin, the best friend that I have in in the world, to die in my place. These brave words said in a piercing voice made all the other marinettes cry. Even the officers, who were made of wood also, cried like two babies. Fire Eater at first remained hard and cold as a piece of ice. And then little by little, he softened and began to sneeze. And after four or five sneezes, he opened wide his arms and said to Pinocchio, You are a brave boy. Come to my arms and kiss me. Pinocchio ran to him and scurrying like a squirrel up the long black beard, he gave Fire Eater a loving kiss on the tip of his nose. Has pardon been granted to me? asked poor Harlequin with a voice that was hardly a breath. Pardon is yours, answered Fire Eater, and sighing and wagging his head, he added, Well, tonight I shall have to eat my lamb only half cooked. But beware the next time, Marinettes. At the news that pardon had been giving, the Marinettes ran to the stage and, turning on all the lights, they danced and sang till dawn. Chapter 12 Fire Eater gives Pinocchio five gold pieces for his father, but the Marinette meets a fox and a cat and follows them. What else could Pinocchio do? The next day, Fire Eater called Pinocchio aside and asked him, 
What is your father's name? Geppetto. And what is his trade? He's a wood carver. Does he earn much? He earns so much that he never has a penny in his pockets. Just think that. In order to buy me an ABC book for school, he had to sell the only coat he owned. A coat so full of darns and patches that it was a pity. Poor fellow, I feel sorry for him. Here, take these five gold pieces. Go give them to him with my kindest regards. Pinocchio, as may easily be imagined, thanked him a thousand times. He kissed each marinette in turn, even the officers, and beside himself with joy, set out on his homeward journey. He had gone barely half a mile when he met a lame fox and a blind cat. Walking together like two good friends, the lame fox leaned on the cat, and the blind cat let the fox lead him along. Good morning, Pinocchio, said the fox, greeting him cordially. How do you know my name? asked the marinette. I know your father well. Where have you seen him? I saw him yesterday standing at the door of his house. And what was he doing? He was in his shirt sleeves, trembling with cold. Poor father, but after today, God willing, he will suffer no longer. Why? Because I have become a rich man. You, a rich man, said the fox, and he began to laugh out loud. The cat was laughing also, but tried to hide it by stroking his long whiskers. There's nothing to laugh at, cried Pinocchio angrily. I am very sorry to make your mouth water, but these, as you know, are five new gold pieces. As he pulled out the gold pieces which Fire Eater had given him. At the cheerful twinkle of the gold, the fox unconsciously held out his paw that was supposed to be lame, and the cat opened wide his two eyes till they looked like live coals. But he closed them again so quickly that Pinocchio did not notice. And may I ask, inquired the fox, what are you going to do with all that money? First of all, answered the marinette, I want to buy a fine new coat for my father, a coat of gold and silver with diamond buttons. After that, I'll buy an ABC book for myself. For yourself? For myself. I want to go to school and study hard. Look at me, said the fox. For the silly reason of wanting to study, I have lost a paw. Look at me, said the cat. For the same foolish reason, I have lost the sight of both eyes. At that moment, a blackbird perched on the fence along the road called out sharp and clear. Pinocchio, do not listen to bad advice. If you do, you'll be sorry. Poor little blackbird, if he had only kept his words to himself in the twinkling of an eyelid, the cat leaped on him and ate him, feathers and all. After eating the bird, he cleaned his whiskers, closed his eyes, and became blind once more. 
Poor Blackbird, said Pinocchio to the cat. Why did you kill him? I killed him to teach him a lesson. He talks too much. Next time he will keep his words to himself. By this time, the three companions had waited a long distance. Suddenly, the fox stopped in his tracks and turned to the marionette, said to him, Do you want to double your gold pieces? What do you mean? Do you want one hundred, a thousand, two thousand gold pieces for your miserable five? Yes, but how? The way is very easy. Instead of returning home, come with us. And where will you take me? To the city of Simple Simons. Pinocchio thought a while and then said firmly, No, I don't want to go. Home is near and I'm going where father is waiting for me. How unhappy he must be that I have not yet returned. I have been a bad son. And the talking cricket was right when he said that a disobedient boy cannot be happy in this world. I have learned this at my own expense. Even last night in the theater, when Fire Eater, brrr, the shiver runs up and down my back at the mere thought of it. Well then, said the fox, if you really want to go home, go ahead, and you'll, but you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry, repeated the cat. Think well, Pinocchio. You are turning your back on Dame Fortune. On Dame Fortune, repeated the cat. Tomorrow, your five gold pieces will be two thousand. Two thousand, repeated the cat. But how can they possibly become so many? Asked Pinocchio wonderingly. I'll explain, said the fox. You must know that. Just outside the city of Simple Simons, there is a blessed field called the Field of Wonders. In this field, you dig a hole, and in the hole you bury a gold piece. After covering up the hole with earth, you water it well, sprinkle a bit of salt on it, and go to bed. During the night, the gold piece sprouts, grows, blossoms, and next morning, you find a beautiful tree that is loaded with gold pieces. So that, if I were to bury my five gold pieces, cried Pinocchio with growing wonder, next morning I should find how many? It is very simple to figure out, answered the fox. Why, you can figure it out on your fingers. Granted that each prize gives you 500 Multiply 500 by 5. Next morning, you will find 2,500 new sparkling gold pieces. Fine, fine, cried Pinocchio, dancing about with joy. And as soon as I have them, I shall keep 2,000 for myself and the other 500 I'll give to you too. A gift for us? cried the fox, pretending to be insulted. Why, of course not. Of course not, repeated the cat. We do not work for gain, answered the fox. We only work to enrich others. To enrich 
others, repeated the cat. What good people, thought Pinocchio to himself. And forgetting his father, the new coat, the ABC, and all of his good resolutions, he said to the fox and to the cat, Let us go. I am with you. Chapter 13 The Inn of the Red, Red Lobster Cat and Fox Marinette walked and walked and walked. At last, toward evening, dead tired, they came to the Inn of the Red Lobster. Let us stop here for a while, said the fox. To eat a bite and rest for a few hours, at midnight we'll start out again. For at dawn tomorrow we must be at the Field of Wonders. They went into the inn and all three sat down at the same table. However, not one of them was very hungry. The poor cat felt very weak and he was able to eat only 35 mullets with tomato sauce and four portions of tripe with cheese. Moreover, he was so in need of strength, he had to have four more helpings of butter and cheese. The fox, after a great deal of coaxing, tried his best to eat a little. The doctor had put him on a diet and he had to be satisfied with a small hair dressed with a dozen young and tender spring chickens. After the hair, he ordered some partridges, a few peasants, a couple of rabbits. I'm so sorry if you hear music. That is ranch music. Well, I mean Mexican music, which I indeedly am not very fond of and do not like it that much. I don't have any hate towards them, but I just don't really like the songs that much. Especially the ones that sound like pure ranch, like ranchero and so i'm here like nope okay so four on we're still going with the story and a dozen frogs and lizards that was all he felt ill he said and could not eat another bite pinocchio ate least of all he asked for a bite of bread and a few nuts and then hardly touched them the poor fellow, with his mind on the field of wonders, was suffering from a gold piece indigestion. Supper over, the fox said to the innkeeper, Give us two good rooms, one for Pin Mr. Pinocchio and the other for me and my friend. Before starting out, we'll take a little nap. Remember to call us at midnight sharp, for we must continue our on our journey. Yes, sir, answered the innkeeper, winking in a knowing way at the fox and the cat, as if to say, I understand. As soon as Pinocchio was in bed, he fell fast asleep and began to dream. He dreamed he was in the middle of a field. The field was full of wine, vines, heavy with grapes. The grapes were no other than gold coins, which tinkled merrily as they swayed in the wind. They seemed to say, 
let him who us no let him who wants us to take us just as pinocchio stretched out his hand to take a handful of them he awakened by three loud knocks at the door it was the innkeeper who had come to tell him that midnight had struck are my friends ready the marionette asked him indeed yes they went two hours ago why in such a hurry Unfortunately, the cat received a telegram which said that his firstborn was suffering from chillblains and was on the point of death. He could not even wait to say goodbye to you. Did they pay for the supper? How could they do such a thing? Being people of great refinement, they did not want to offend you so deeply as not to allow you the honor of paying the bill. Too bad. That offense would have been more than pleasing to me. Where did my good friends say they would wait for me? He added, at the Field of Wonders, at sunrise tomorrow morning. Pinocchio paid a gold piece for the three suppers and started on his way toward the field that was to make him a rich man. He walked on not knowing where he was going for it was dark so dark that not a thing was visible round about him not a leaf stirred a few bats skimmed his nose now and again and scared him half to death once or twice he shouted who goes there and the faraway hills echoed back to him who goes there who goes there who goes as he go as he walked pinocchio noticed a tiny insect glimmering on the trunk of a tree a small being that glowed with a pale soft light who are you he asked i am the ghost of the talking cricket answered the little being in a faint voice that sounded as if it came from a far away world what do you want asked the marionette I want to give you a few words of good advice. Return home and give the four gold pieces you have left to your poor old father who is weeping because he has not seen you for many a day. Tomorrow my father will be a rich man for these four gold pieces will become two thousand. Don't listen to those who promised you wealth or fortnight, my boy. As a result, they are either fools or swindlers. Listen to me and go home. But I want to go on. The hour is late. I want to go on. The night is very dark. I want to go on. The road is dangerous. I want to go on. Remember that boys who insist on having their own way sooner or later come to grief. The same nonsense. Goodbye, cricket. Good night, Pinocchio, and may heaven preserve you from the assassins. There was a silence for a minute, and the light of the talking cricket disappeared suddenly. Just as if someone had snuffed it out, once again the road was plunged in darkness. Chapter 14 Pinocchio Oh dear God
Pinocchio, not having listened to the good advice of the talking cricket, falls into the hands of the assassins. Dear, oh dear, when I come to think of it, said the marionette to himself as he once more set out on his journey. We boys are very, are really very unlucky. Everybody scolds us. Everybody gives us advice. Everybody warns us. If we were to allow it, everyone would try to be father and mother to us. Everyone, even the talking cricket. Take me, for example, just because I would not listen to that bothersome cricket who knows how many misfortunes may be awaiting me. Assassins, indeed. At least I have never believed in them, nor ever will. To speak sensibly, I think assassins have been invented by fathers and mothers to frighten children who want to run away at night. And then, even if I were to meet them on the road, what matter? I'll just run up to them and say, Well, Signori, what do you want? Remember that you can't fool with me. Run along and mind your business. At such speech, I can almost see those poor fellows running like the wind. But in case they don't run away, I can always run myself. Pinocchio was not given time to argue any longer, for he thought he heard a slight rustle among the leaves behind him. He turned to look and behold, there in the darkness stood two big black shadows, wrapped from head to foot in black sacks. The two figures leaped towards him as softly as if they were ghosts. Here they come, Pinocchio said to himself, and not knowing where to hide the gold pieces, he stuck all four of them under his tongue. Wow. He tried to run away, but Hardy had taken a step when he felt his arms grasp and heard two horrible deep voices say to him, Your money or your life. On account of the gold pieces in his mouth, Pinocchio could not see a word, so he tried with his head and hands and body to show as best as he could that he was only a poor marionette without a penny in his pocket. Come, come, less nonsense, and out with your money, cried the two thieves in threatening words. Once more, Pinocchio's head and hands said, I haven't a penny. Out with the money, or you're a dead man, said the tailor of the two assassins. Dead man? Oh, dead man, repeated the other. And after having killed you, we will call your father also. Your father also. No, 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 not my father, cried Pinocchio, with, wild with terror. But as he screamed, the gold pieces tinkled together in his mouth. Ah, you rascal, so that's the game. You have the money hidden under your tongue. Out with it. But Pinocchio was as stubborn as ever. Are you deaf? Wait, young man, we'll get it from you in a twinkling. One of them grabbed the marionette by the nose and the other by the chin. And they pulled him unmercifully from side to side in order to make him open his mouth. All was of no use. The marionette's lips might have been nailed together. They would not open.
In desperation, the smaller of the two assassins pulled out a long knife from his pocket and tried to pry Pinocchio's mouth open with it. Quick as a flash, the marionette sank his teeth deep into the assassin's head, bit it off, and spat it out. Fancy his surprise when he saw that it was not a hand, but a cat's paw. Encouraged by this first victory, he freed himself from the claws of his assailers and, leaping over the bushes along the road, ran swiftly across the fields. His pursuers were after him at once like two dogs chasing a hare. After running seven miles or so, Pinocchio was well high, well nigh exhausted. Seeing himself lost, he climbed a giant pine tree and sat there to see what he could see. The assassins tried to climb also, but they slipped and fell. Far from giving up the chase, this only spurred them on. They gathered a bundle of wood, piled it up at the foot of the pine, and set fire to it. In a twinkling, the tree began to sputter and burn like a candle blown by the wind. Pinocchio saw that the flames climbed higher and higher, not wishing to end his days as a roasted marinade. He jumped quickly to the ground and off he went. The assassins close to him as before. Dawn was breaking when, without any warning whatsoever, Pinocchio found his path bared by a deep pool full of water the color of muddy coffee oh my lord while this music plays i'm going to drink a little bit of water because my throat feels a little bit dry and i'll try to read a little bit more louder than usual oh my god this music's so ugly Okay, they left. I don't know why they always have a thing on Saturdays with playing that or Sundays. But respect to Lord Jesus and God. What was there to do? With a one, two, three. He jumped clear across it. The assassins jumped also, but not having measured their distance well, splash. They fell right into the middle of the pool. Pinocchio, who heard the splash and felt it too, cried out, laughing but never stopping in his race. A pleasant bath to you, Signori. He thought they must surely be drowned and turned his head to see. But there were the two somber figures still following him, though their black sacks were drenched and dripping with water.
Chapter 15. It is the last chapter of the fire. <laughs> the assassins chase Pinocchio, catch him, and hang him to the branch of a giant oak tree. As he ran, the marionette felt more and more certain than he would have to give himself up into the hands of his pursuers. Suddenly, he saw a little cottage gleaming while at the snow among the trees of the forest. If I have enough breath left with which to reach that little house, I may be saved, he said to himself. Not waiting another moment, he darted swiftly through the woods, the assassins still after him. After a hard race of almost an hour, Tired and out of breath, Pinocchio finally reached the door of the cottage and knocked. No one answered. He knocked again, harder than before, for behind him he heard the steps and the labored breathing of his persecutors. The same silence followed. As knocking was of no use, Pinocchio, in despair, began to kick and bang against the door, as if he wanted to break it. At the noise, a window opened and a lovely maiden looked out. She had azure hair and a face white as wax. Her eyes were closed and her hands crossed on her breast. With a voice so weak that it hardly could be heard, she whispered, No one lives in this house. Everyone is dead. Won't you at least open the door for me? cried Pinocchio in a beseeching voice. I am also dead. Dead? What are you doing at the window then? I am waiting for the coffin to take me away. After these words, the little girl disappeared and the window closed without a sound. Oh, lovely maiden with azura hair, cried Pinocchio. Open, I beg of you. Take pity on a poor boy who is being chased by two assassins. He did not finish, for two powerful hands grasped him by the neck, and the same two horrible voices growled threateningly. Now we have you. The marionette, seeing death dancing before him, trembled so hard that the joints of his legs rattled and the coins tinkled under his tongue. Well, the assassins asked, will you open your mouth now or not? Ah, you do not answer. Very well, this time you shall open it. Taking out two long, sharp knives, they struck two heavy blows on the marionette's back. Happily for him, Pinocchio was made of very hard wood, wood and the knives broke into a thousand pieces. The assassins looked at each other in dismay, holding the handles of the knives in their hands. I understand, said one of them to the other. There is nothing left to do now but to hang him. To hang him? Oh, to hang him, repeated the other. They tied Pinocchio's hands behind his shoulders and slipped the noose around his neck, throwing the rope over the high limb of a giant oak tree. They pulled to, they pulled to the poor marinette hung far up in space. Tired of waiting, the assassins called to him mockingly. Goodbye till tomorrow. When we return in the morning, 
We hope you'll be polite enough to let us find you dead and gone and with your mouth wide open. With these words, they went. A few minutes went by and then a wild animal started to blow. As it shrieked and moaned, the poor little sufferer was blown to and fro like the hammer of a bell. The rocky made him seasick and the news becoming tighter and tighter choked him. Little by little, a film covered his eyes. Death was creeping nearer and nearer and the marinette still hoped for some good soul to come to his rescue. But no one appeared and he was about to die. He thought of this poor old father and hardly conscious of what he was saying, murmured to himself, Oh, father, dear father, if you were only here. These were his last words. He closed his eyes, opened his mouth, stretched out his legs, and hung there as if he were dead. And this is the last chapter well, the fifth chapter that I read for today. Wow, surprisingly, this was 37 minutes. What I can say is that the fox and the cat were really such bitches. No, they were plain motherfuckers, for real. Like, they have no... Like, they had no compassion towards Pinocchio. Never trust a fox and a cat. Unless it's your pet cat. (laughs) Well then, thank you for listening. Goodbye.